two. Down by two. Down by two. Now they're out of timeouts. Down by two. One, four, three left. Down two. Gets a shot off. Down by two. Well, oh well, oh well, what is going on? It's your boy, Josh Elijah, another episode of the Down by Town Podcast, brought to you by the good old boys over at Cryer Media. Visit Cryer.co for all things DB2 and sports-related content. Can't forget our boys over at Yacht Beer. Ah, yeah, there it is. Wow, that was nice. I don't, I don't love that intro, though, the that's don't a, like it. That might not be on the ears. I don't know yet. <laughs> uh, well, hey, anyways, give it up for Yupbeer. Yupbeer.com. Uh, uh, they got locations all across Ontario and uh, in grocery stores. Go check them out. Scan the QR code. Find out where they got a boo shop close to you. Um, and then, obviously, our boys over at Indestructible. Uh, MFG Co. Visit Indestructible online and use promo code DANBY2 for 15% off your next order. Sorry, man. I didn't mean to I didn't mean to smack my lips right in your <laughs> right in your ear holes. Right in my ear hole. Yeah. Other than that, how you doing? Good, good. How are you doing? Oh, buddy, doing fucking fantastic. It's uh it's uh you know, it's we're getting towards the end of the week. We got lots going on. Um it's my it's my birthday this weekend too. Um so it's your yeah. birthday. It's my birthday. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm just I'm gonna head out to head out to Kitchener to go visit our boy Bradley Master Oldworth and uh I'm gonna go check out uh, Dwayne Gretzky. Have you ever seen Dwayne Gretzky before? No, I haven't. Dude, yeah. Next they're time like they're the in Toronto, cover band, right? Yeah, yeah. They're they're phenomenal. Next time they're in London too, we should get your ass out here and we'll go. Uh, we'll go catch yeah. a show. Um, they're they're a lot of fun, man. Uh, I've I've seen them a couple times now, and uh, it's always a good romp. Uh, usually see them with Brad too, so it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. And then uh, yeah, Sunday I'm just gonna drink a couple squeezers and uh, watch some football. That's that's literally. <laughs> That's literally what I got planned for me birthday when I turned 34. 34, man, that's fucking weird. It's uh, it's just all of a sudden I'm just an old fat lard. Uh, so <laughs> it's 34. Well, it's, yeah, you're married now, so you, yeah. you know it's, it's you're it locked is. in, pal. You and I'm a, I'm a fur daddy as well. I'm just uh, yeah, I got my I got my my girls, my pets, and that's uh, that's life. And then the fat lard life. <laughs> just the old tubby over here um yeah man it's uh it's, it's gonna be a good weekend it's uh there's a, there's a lot of shit going on a lot of sports a lot of stuff before we jump into anything though i'm gonna take this opportunity and I'm gonna plug uh one of uh a project of mine that i've been working on with uh with a crew of london comedians as well not even my brainchild i got a shout out pat tiffin on this as well uh because he has been um, the centerpiece for all of this and with the vision of uh, the London Comedy Festival. I'm so excited to actually be a part of the inaugural festival going down here in London. Um, it's the first one that we've ever done. And uh, I'm really, I'm really excited to be on this team and, and working on this as well. We've uh, got shows across the city uh, uh, stemming from November 23rd, which is a Thursday all the way to the 25th um, London Music Hall, 
Uh, there's three different breweries that we got going on. We got Anderson's, uh, we got Forked River, and we got Storm State. All of those beers uh, are they're, they're fantastic breweries, and you can you can find them all in uh, the LCBO in stores as well. So I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with some of them as well um as, as well as our listeners and they're they're all based out of here in london and uh they've all given their spaces to us to be able to have a uh, a festival across uh those few days as well highlighted by one big old banger of a show at the highland cinema on warncliffe just down the road from me here actually it's uh um a, an incredible festival some of the top names in comedy uh, across Canada are coming in for this, and you know, for a first festival, we are we're we're I'm, I'm blown away with you know some of the talent that we were able to get, and you know, it's it's just been uh, it's been it's been a hell of a ride, and uh, you know, we're a couple weeks out here, and uh, things are moving along, and I want to be able to share the promo code on our show here because hey, we got the platform for it, so might as well go scan that QR code and. Uh, and uh, be able to find a show that is, you know, either close to you or that you're available for again, shows ranging from Thursday to Saturday as well. Um, a lot of, a lot of great opportunities to catch some comedy here in London and uh, really just, uh, you know, showcasing some, some of our hometown talent as well. Uh, again, I'm, I'm just real pumped to be a part of the first one here and the many more to come uh, as the years progress as well. So, so it's, it's three days, correct? Yeah, three days. And is it, a show every single day. Mm -hmm. how, how does it work? The Thursday there's London music hall. And then um, the show that I'm hosting is over at Anderson's Friday is uh, forked river and storm state. Those are the two other breweries that are doing shows on the Friday. And then uh, Saturday is um, the big show over at the Highland theater. Um, Highland, the Highland cinema uh, over on uh, Warncliffe. So a uh, huge, huge venue seats over 300. Um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, tickets are already are already selling. Um, I mean, they're, they're the Anderson show, the the one that I'm hosting, is 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 doing all right right now. I mean, there's just a couple more that sold before we jumped on, and um, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm really excited. And honestly, with with comedy, man, I just I love doing them in breweries. Like like <laughs> for me, like look at this. This is this is a brewery sweater. Like anytime I go do a show at a brewery, I end up with some with some merch. I'm get coming home with swag. a twelve pack, get some swag, dude. It's just like comedy and breweries. They fucking work together like peanut butter and jelly it's uh it's it's great man um it's always just a good vibe and shows at anderson's uh, i've been going down for quite some time same thing with fork river they've done them over at storm state before uh london london uh, music hall as well as just a, one of the more well-known venues and then the legendary highland cinema it really doesn't get any better than this huge comics that have been um you know all over just for laughs cbc um, you know, we got, uh, we got Mike Wilmot, Hunter Collins, Nick Beaton, uh, Jason Allen, all over like any of the major outlets and they've done all the major festivals. It's, uh, really just a, a great opportunity. Um, uh, Val as well, who you met at the wedding, uh, is going to be headlining one of the shows. It's, there's just so many great comics that also have a tie to London as well that we've, we've been able to call in some, uh, some hometown favorites as well. So yeah, man, it's, uh. You know, the crew has been working really, really hard on this and, uh, you know, it's been a busy year for myself and a lot of, a lot of different shit that I've had to take care of, but I'm just very fortunate to be a part of this and, uh, I'm going to be pumping this, uh, for a bit, uh, this week and next week as well before jumping into festival week. So, um, we yeah. will be taking off that festival week. Uh, so no show on the 23rd, um, just, uh, just a kind of a heads up, but, uh, we're giving you all we got going into that. And, uh, speaking of which, 
um, our guest on the show. We actually got two. We got, uh, I mean, the, the, the chemistry worked before. Um, Georgie Boy jumped on the show uh, with us, gorgeous George Lambracos, our, our baseball insider, even though he knows it all. Uh, always a great guy to have on the show and our good pal. We, um, back in the day, he was the one that actually uh, got a hold of our guest that we had on the show and uh, slid into his DMs and was able to book him on our on the uh, original Down by Two podcast back in the old Mikey Fulmer days as well. Uh, so we had Sportsnet's uh, JD Bunkus back on the show today, and it was uh, it was a uh, it was a lot of fucking fun to be able to catch up with him, and uh, always always great to have an old pal of the show uh, back on the pod as well. Yeah. He's uh he's he's one of the boys at this point. I feel like you know he's uh he he's uh he's a professional guy, but he keeps it real when he when he comes on. Uh, Absolutely, you know the a smaller guy is here, right? He's he's got some well thought out takes, and it's always very agreeable as well. I mean, like he's he's not wrong with what he's saying. We did we, like we we covered a lot when it comes to the Raptors. So uh, this episode is specifically for the Raptors, how they have fared within the first you know few games of the season. Sure, they're four and four, so it's a small sample size, but there's a lot to be excited about and a lot that you know we're kind of left scratching our heads at. Uh, so that's basically what we break down. Uh, we talk about Scotty Barnes. We talk about Dennis Schroeder and, and uh, all the different pieces of the Raptors and, you know, how they're faring under Darko's system. And, you know, if the Darko effect has actually had much of an effect and um, yeah, we're, we're breaking it all down in this episode. Um, great episode. Uh, really just want to jump right into it. So here it is. Um, our latest episode, the Down by two podcast with JD Bunkus. Here he is. Alrighty, let's just jump right into it. Our next guest on the show is actually uh, an old pal of the pod. We had him on, what, maybe over a year ago, so it's been a while. Uh, very busy schedule, but very happy to have him back on. Uh, he's Sportsnet's own and host of the JD Bunkus podcast. Uh, it's JD Bunkus himself. JD, my man, how you doing, bro? Good. You guys got a lot of fancier shit since I was last year. It looked way nicer. I switched around my desk. I got the live brick in the background. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's yeah, a bit of an upgrade. Nice. The brick is just a really nice touch. It's, it's a good move. Smoke them if you got them, right? And yeah. then, uh, and then obviously we have our uh, more of a regular on the show as well. He's uh, he's he's our baseball insider, but he knows a bit about everything. It's, it's gorgeous George Lambracos on the show. Georgie What's boy, up? how you doing, baby? What's up, boys? Dialing in from the West Coast. Coming in from the West, playing a bit guilty today, but we'll be okay. We'll get through it. <laughs> all good. You'll let's all uh, good. <laughs> let's jump into it and let's talk. Uh, this episode is going to be dedicated towards our Toronto Raptors, who are now four and four, picking up the last two wins on the road in Texas with the fourth quarter heroics against the San Antonio Spurs coming from our Scotty Barnes, sending that thing into overtime and taking the road win there, followed by uh, the most recent win against the Dallas Mavericks, uh, both on the road. Uh, JD, let's let's start breaking down a bit of our roster and, you know, some of the, the, the swing that the Raptors have had here, um, starting with Scotty Barnes. Is he him? Are we looking at potentially the most he looks good. He looks good. Uh, I don't know about most improved. It's just a little early in the season for me. Of course. Of course. I, We're eight I, games I, in. So Yeah, it's like he also won rookie of the year. <laughs> like people are watching him play right now going, damn, he's good. I think that just tells <laughs> you how much last season sucked. I hated his year last year. It oh, was yeah. dreadful. Um, the, the biggest difference for me so far with him is just the body language. Like, yes, the game is looking good. He's got that three-point shot that he's hitting with his feet set. He looks a lot more confident shooting that. 
think he's been more aggressive getting in the paint. He's handling the ball a lot more. It just feels like this is more his team than it's been in years past. But he just looks like the dude that we were promised coming out of college. The guy that showed up for the rookie year where he's happy all the time. He's smiling, but he still has that dogged competitor where he'll still talk a little shit with guys on the floor. And he's still given a lot of physicality. Last year, I just, there's no other way for me to put it. I thought he was kind of like moping around a little bit. I thought he looked sour. He was bitching at the refs yeah. the entire time. I was at this one Grizzlies game that stuck with me. I was sitting right on the baseline when they got their asses kicked and just Dylan Brooks was feeding it to them. Mm. Uh, I can't remember if Jai even played in that game. I think the Grizzlies were shorthanded. But Barnes didn't get a call and then just went off the court during the play. <laughs> he just left. He left the game and he went into the like tunnel and he yeah. came back. He was fine. I could see it right in front of me. Nothing really bad happened. It was just a tough, 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 tough season and I think that's part of just getting a new coach and having the Raptors reset a little bit around this dude and saying, yes. hey, we brought in a young coach. This core is going to start to get a little bit younger. You don't have Fred Van Vliet, who I think it's pretty clear the two guys didn't really get along. Fred and Siakam had their own thing going on. Scotty was the new guy, didn't really quite fit. If the ball was going to be in Scotty's hands more, it meant it was going to be in Fred's less. Now you've got you know a staple point guard that left the organization empowering Scotty even more new coach that's preaching ball movement and he's a point forward that knows how to move the basketball and can create for others off dribble penetration. So it just, it feels like if you're looking at the, the, the barn stuff, you would have to say a couple things. One is like credit to him for the work, but also mm -hmm. credit to the Raptors so far for identifying Darko Ryakovich as the right coach to kind of unlock what everybody thought Scotty Barnes had. Someone who focuses on player development. So yeah, I mean, so that's that was going to be one of my questions as well is, you know, from the early success. And I mean, like, sure, you're averaging a double double right now. For me, I think it's I think it's pretty crazy that he's putting up like upwards to 40 percent from behind the arc already. Yeah. And like that's a huge leap in the right direction. Do you attribute this more to Darko or was there really that much of a problem with Fred leaving? So right now, I think it's just, yeah, a lot of Darko and again, empowering Scotty Barnes to be more of a pivotal figure of the basketball team. Like the, the NBA is really predictable with this stuff. Like I, I was just watching actually before I came on with you guys, a little clip of Matt Barnes talking to Andre Iguodala about how rare the Warriors were because they were superstars all without egos. And then I also saw a quote from Joel Embiid talking about the Sixers six and one start where he's like, we don't have any egos here. And this fan base in particular, the Raptors, they get hyper defensive about the players and they should with some room. There's good reason to. The Raptors won a championship and Toronto is not exactly championship city, right? Like it's, oh, we're going to be a champions and then fall on their ass and not get anywhere really close. Mm -hmm. Your beloved Blue Jays, Georgie, where there's. Plan the frame. Plan the frame. <laughs> <laughs> I did shows. I did shows. I did shows, what, 2021? I went, man, is this the best window the Blue Jays have ever had? This is incredible. The farm system's loaded. They're spending money. They've got just a future superstar. It's just going to be great. How how many World Series are they going to win? <laughs> uh, so we're used to dumb shit like that. But, we, yeah. but the Raptors actually brought a championship. But, yeah, I think that the there's the clear cultural shift around a guy in Nick Nurse who – not saying Darko doesn't want to win every game, but he's pl clearly playing the long game here. Whereas Nick Nurse came in, won a championship right away, was trying to hold that standard, is a press every single button every single night to win a basketball game. And that meant 
ride your stars, shorten your bench, make sure the ball is always in the veterans' hands, empower guys like Fred Van Vliet over younger guys that might make mistakes. Like, look at Malachi Flynn so far. Look at Malachi. He's played more minutes under Darko than he played combined under Nick Nurse during the entire tenure, right? Exactly. It, It just feels like the Raps are allowed to play through mistakes a little bit more. The young guys feel like there's more ownership of the team. There seems to be a little bit less dysfunction watching it just like as a fan on television where last year it just didn't feel like these guys were connected. Right now you're seeing dudes like in that Dallas game where plays are happening, everybody's involved and dudes are rooting for each other, standing up on the bench yelling. And if you watch enough basketball games, you you know that that stuff matters. Like oh, it, yeah. that's not Big just time. nothing stuff. So I, I just think – I don't want to say like, oh, it was all Nick Nurse's fault. It was all Fred Van Vliet's fault, right? That's that's not what I'm trying to get at here. But I, I think that where the Raptors were at, that crossroads of are we trying to win now or are we trying to develop, that that hit a breaking point with those two guys. And, and I think you saw that a little bit with the way that they left, the way that Fred was talking about the team during the season, even going on yes. podcast, the way that he yeah. was carrying himself, the way Nick Nurse was talking before he ended up getting let go. Uh yeah, mm-hmm. I think that this Raptors team just looks a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more relaxed, and a little bit more sure of who they are, which is a team that is okay with trying to find themselves. Yeah. Who knew that the key to player development would actually be just playing your players? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, like you're, you hit the nail on the head, especially with, with Malachi Flynn. I mean, if that was under Nick Nurse and he had a couple, you know, rough start to the year, if that was Nick Nurse, you're, you're riding the bench for the rest of the year. And it was yeah, great one to see him. It, it was great to see him, you know, D up against uh, Kyrie Irving and, and have him matched up for a lot of the game yesterday as well. It's just uh, it is it is a breath of fresh air to be able to see him use his bench as much as he can. Um, a couple a couple other bright points as well. Uh, I, I want to highlight Dennis Schroeder. And I know, uh, Jesse Bird, you're you're real high on Schroeder. And, and how do you think mm-hmm. he's been factoring in with this with this rapper squad here? Yeah, I just um, I see him as more of a facilitator if we're talking in like Mm -hmm. regards to uh, replacement for Fred, right? Like it's kind of seems like Fred was the the shot maker, and you know that was kind of proven with uh, you know the the amount of threes that he took last year. Um, Freddie, I mean, he was second in the league behind Steph, I believe, but his efficiency Mm -hmm. was was horrendous, right? And that to, that to me just screams like selfish basketball, you know, and having a guy like Schroeder, he just seems more of a, a pass first kind of guy. And uh, I think that bodes well for, for Scotty as well. Like that might be another, another key to unlocking his game. Right. And it's, it's kind of interesting that that's all coming together right now. You know, I like sure. I'm a big, like, I'm a yeah. guy, so. I, like, I, I like having a guard that can actually get to the rim. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. that too. He's so quick. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. And Fred was just tiny. It was like he would try – you know, it's, it's funny. Again, I'm, I'm going back to the thing where it sounds like I'm shitting on Fred. But it's like, yeah, I am kind of shitting on Fred. It's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> he, took, he, took, he took way too many shots. He was clearly out for himself. He was trying to get the bag. He's a guy that has the bet on yourself. Oh, he got the bag. The bet yeah. on your team branding, right? And mm-hmm. he won a championship here, but that was at, what, the eighth man on the roster? He wasn't supposed to be the number two guy. And he kind of forced his way into being that. Guy has a successful career, is a really good basketball player, but the fit wasn't right anymore. And you see that with Schroeder, where yeah, he's not as good of a shooter, but he does other things that are better than Fred. He can get to the basket. He's bought into the facilitation a little bit more. He also knows his role on the team 
I think mm-hmm. that's the part that sucked for Fred last year is yeah. they brought him in. They were like, hey, you're going to play off the ball more. He went, but I don't want to do that. I want to play on the ball. And then they started to suck. And then he had to get the power back because you're going, well, wait, what is exactly the role here? Schroeder knows what he's here to do. He's supposed to be a leader. He's supposed to be tough on defense. He's going to take a wide open three, but he's not going to force jump shots the way that Fred did sometimes to try to create offense in the half court. He's going to get other players involved, and then he's going to attack the basket and get to that mid-range spot that he has so well. So, no, he's been awesome. And plus, he just he came off that awesome world championships, right, mm-hmm. where Dude. he led Germany to the win. And I, I think he's still feeling himself from that because he looks good. I've always I've always been a little bit of a Schroeder hater, to be honest. Uh, like, I was just thought he was like a little bit overrated, higher usage guy. But oh, watching, yeah, watching him in the in the world championships and then seeing him carry this over to now, I, I like I've been I've been a big fan too. I mean, the way that he's you know dropped the bag back uh, you know a couple seasons ago, just between uh, uh, what was it, the Lakers and, and the Celtics and what have you. Um, yeah, when he could have what seventy million dollars and he signed, he, yeah, yeah. It's sort of just like man, what is this guy thinking? But like he says for that's me, a lie, or he says that's not totally true. But I don't know. Sure, Dennis, I would say um, that too. <laughs> <laughs> I. Like when the Raptors, I mean, and tell me what your thoughts are, uh, like, or what your thoughts were when they picked up Dennis in the offseason. Because, you know, for me, I thought it was just an immediate move. Uh, you were not happy. <laughs> I was not happy. I wasn't happy because, you know, I, I figured that they would have, you know, strived for a little bit more, but it turned out to be a really good pick. And, like, were you satisfied with the Schroeder signing when it happened in the offseasons? Uh, or did you have an idea that it might actually play as well as it has been so far? Eight games I thought it was season? a fine signing. I didn't, I wasn't like jumping for joy. He's a vet that's bounced around yeah. a bunch of teams. And I thought it was a little bit of a, well, we're forced to do this. Because they really tried to bring Fred back. They offered him so much money. They just couldn't match Houston on the dollars and the short term, allowing Fred to get paid again. So what I wasn't a fan of was the process of shop Fred Van Vliet at the deadline, not be happy with what you were going to get offered back, lose him for nothing, and then go out and pay Dennis Schroeder as your backup plan. It just didn't seem like a great process. Mm -hmm. And on paper, you know, Schroeder's not exactly the best shooter. So I thought, wait, you're going to get another guard now? You're going to lose, you're the worst three point shooting team or one of the worst three point shooting teams in the NBA. And you're going to lose Fred shooting and replace it with just him. Like, this isn't a two point guard situation. You're only bringing in Dennis Schroeder. I don't know. I, I, I didn't mind the player, but yeah, like I said, I didn't, I didn't love the process. So I didn't look at this and say, wow, what a success. I think that there's, again, there's a long way to go with the season. Oh, big time. For figuring out how stuff is going to go. But the thing that I really respect about Schroeder and, and watching him this season versus being someone who like checks in on a Lakers game or watched him with the Hawks, right. Or that fun season with the Oklahoma city thunder, where you're only getting like game to game is yes. just what, a, what a professional he's become. That Absolutely. dude is just a, a pro. They gave him some money. They told him what they wanted from him. And he's just, he's completely delivered on everything you can ask for from like a point guard, leader, teammate, all those different things. And so to me, it just kind of shows you, do I think Fred overall is a better player than Schroeder? Yeah. Do I think that he's that much money better than Schroeder? No. Um, But so much of this stuff just comes down to, and this is sports in general, is like, what is your attitude going in and what is your buy-in with a team and with a culture and what are you going to put into it every single day? And yeah, give me give me a dude like that ten times out of ten. 
Mm -hmm. I think everyone was just a little bit uneasy because, you know, thinking you're right, not being a two point guard plan. And, and I like how you're like everyone when it was just clearly you big time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, uh, like, actually, you're kind of Dallas, Fred. You well, show me somebody who was hyped about the Schroeder signing. I mean, like I, for me, I, I didn't, I wasn't necessarily no, excited because that also meant that Malachi Flynn. I do yeah. that when I have bad takes. I'm like, ah, you know, everything's safe. <laughs> <laughs> and then you definitely. slip under. You're like, and I was there too. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way. Well, I mean, maybe Jesse was the only one that was actually excited about Schroeder. But, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day. I like, it. No. No, not at it, all. It really seemed like a a second choice signing. Yeah. That was my first oh, thought it right did, away. I was like, sure. this is an absolute yeah. second choice signing. But the way it's working oh, it's out is – is fantastic. Like the yeah. speed, watching this guy run around the court is I, I I can't really remember a point guard where we had that just had wheels, like just mm -hmm. wheeling mm -hmm. back and forth. Like it, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, do you think, you know, like Masai, I've speculated on so much. I know everyone has to, but like back to the, the whole thing with Fred Van Fleet, do they, do you think they really misplayed their hand as far as like the relationship that they had with Fred, like where where was like that mishap in that whole situation? Because everyone's like, why didn't we get draft capital? Why didn't we get anything back? And I, I can't seem to really like figure it out. Um, obviously, there's some mysteries, but what do you, what do you think? I've had the same opinion about the last two point guards that this organization's had, which is they should have traded both earlier. Yeah, Masai did it with Fred, and he did it with Kyle, where he waited until the season started, went into the year, tried to compete, had his foot in both like you know both two different spots said well we'll see how it kind of goes here we want to stay competitive but maybe we're going to try to rebuild and don't worry i'll make a trade happen if we need to make it happen we had tribute videos for kyle lowry i'm pretty sure it was after a game against denver we thought that was his last game as a raptor and i remember the media kept them for like an hour and lowry hates doing that stuff yeah and then he was just back People went, well, what the hell? And Masai went, well, I just didn't get the offers and I wasn't going to give them away for free and stand. So he stood pat. And he trades him in the offseason and it's not really a good trade. People went, well, this is not bad because Precious Achua, it's like Precious Achua was whatever. You can yeah. get a Precious Achua pretty much anywhere until you actually see it. And they got a bad contract back in Goran Dragic who, you know, didn't really want to play here and was a problem pretty much from the Again. jump. And actually ends up being even worse for the Raptors because – Pretty sure they dealt him in the Thad Young trade, right? Which was also packaged with a first round pick. Yeah. And that cost them out on Walker Kessler. And then same thing with Fred. They had that playoff series against the Sixers. And I went, this should be done. You, you just figured it out. You had a series against the Sixers and Fred struggled the entire second half of the year. The team didn't mm -hmm. look right. It didn't look like he was going to fit. Move Fred. And they didn't. And it's my, it's my fear a little bit about this season too, which is, they, they double-clutched on Siakam as well. They didn't get the offers that they liked, and they've held on to him, and now he's coming to the season. And last night against the Mavs was awesome. Yeah. But overall, it's it's hard to project forward and think that given his age, given where Barnes is at, given the rest of the team, just the money that they're up against, like people like want to act like there's no salary cap because there's luxury tax in the NBA. It's getting more and more punitive, so it's going to be harder and harder for places to do this. And I don't think that ownership is going to buy in for a team that's you know getting a six-seed uh, to start to pay into the luxury tax. So you, you have a little bit of concern that they did it again, where they, they just, they couldn't make that move early enough. And yeah, I, I get it. Masai's had some perfect trades throughout his tenure as Raptors GM or president, whichever role he's been in, they've just nailed some, right? They nailed the Kawhi Leonard trade. 
They had ones before that, like the Bargnani deal, getting Lou Williams for John Salmons. Like he, he had had basically just an entire trade record of, I only dominate you. And, and it feels like he's just never been able to come off that perch and make a deal that isn't an immediate slam dunk. And so with Fred, I think that was the issue was they, they, they hadn't given him a new contract. They couldn't figure it out. They didn't do it during the off season. He came off of a, as soon as they knew that, as soon as it was like, Hey, I'm going to wait until free agency. They should have said, well, you know what? We got to move you now because we can't go into a season and then have our backs against the wall and then potentially lose you for nothing. So I, I think that yeah. it's easy for me to sit here with the hindsight, but I believed that all along. And I was telling everybody who would listen to me, time to trade Fred, time to trade Fred, time to trade Fred after the Philly series. Everyone said I was nuts. And then, you know, it ends up being one of the ugliest, worst Raptors season in recent memory. And they got nothing for him. So, yeah, um, I, again, I, I just hate how they got there. And I, you know, I believe Masai is still one of the best executives in basketball. But I, I've lost my trust that he is just going to be able to nail these trades on the fly in the middle of the season with some of the team's most important players. Yeah, You did touch on Pascal Siakam, and I kind of want to circle back to that. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, you know, having a, a great game, uh, his first real good one of the season. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are saying that he's disengaged and that he just doesn't really seem that into it. I mean, I see a little bit more on the defensive end and him putting a lot of effort into it. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, obviously, this contract situation is is obviously looming over him as well. Um, do you think that he's disengaged? What do you say? It is. If you guys were at a company for eight years and you did, you accomplished work at that company that had never been done before. And then you went and said, Hey, I need to get a raise small, like a raise. I want to make sure I want to be here for my life. I love it here. I'm committed to this. And then a new guy came to the office Yeah. and they were like, we're going to give him a lot of the stuff that you want and hold off. We'll, we'll pay you. We'll, we, I don't know. We'll figure it out. You know, we'll, we'll see. You feeling good? Yeah. No, like, not at all. Like, Fair enough. Like, Fair enough. Yeah. Like I, I hate, I hate it when people say athletes are human beings. Like, you know, like this is a big deal, shocking revelation because most of the time yeah. it's done with just extreme things. But I do think sometimes we we lose the the human element here a little bit with Siakam. Is this guy came here, refined his game here, won a championship here, has been basically a total buy-in guy the entire time. He wanted a crack to be the man, and you know his numbers were pretty damn good. He's been pretty solid. He's kind of sucked in late game situations. I think we've kind of found out that he's not that guy. He said some tough playoff moments, but also some good ones. Like he mm -hmm. stunk to start that Sixers series, and then he started to light it up and look really good like he found himself. Yeah. He's a really, really, really good player. I got a lot of time for Siakam. I got a lot of time for his game. I just look at it and say, how does this work from you know a, a human the, the human parts of this. How do you get Siakam to take less money with the Raptors, less role with the Raptors, you know, all buy-in with the Raptors while they try to figure out and turn Scotty into the number one or the one A to his one B. It's just tough, man. Like I, I get it. People say that's the way that they won a championship was with him being the two player. I don't even really think he was the two. It was like, it was Lowry some nights. It was yeah. uh, Marcus Saul in the playoffs. People forget just like how oh, yeah. good he was and how important, like if you run back those tapes, you watch those games, you will find a lot nice. of games where you go, I think that Gasol was actually the second best player in this game, second most important player in this game. Oh, absolutely. Like, mm -hmm. They don't win a championship if they don't have him. That's what I mean. And I just think it would be really hard to tell Siakam, who I think is like 28, 29, 29. he's getting around there, 
Yeah. Like, hey, you're going to be the co-pilot now to the to the 21 year old kid to the 22 year old kid. That just I don't know. I, I don't I don't really see it working. I think that it, it, it there's a lot of paint clogging stuff, especially since they went out and got Jakob Pertl. I like the closing lineup the other night. I think that can look good against certain teams. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot tougher when they're facing, you know, the Celtics or the Sixers, like real competitive teams that have really good big men. But yeah, I think that this is the, the the problem that they're with that they are holding with Siakam is that they've got a really good player, like an all NBA caliber player, but he probably doesn't fit the timeline. He's being asked something that I don't think the average person would deal with at all, <laughs> like the scenario yeah. that I outlined. Yes. And then they've got hungry teams that are trying to take shots and offer Masai trade offers that are like, hey, here's Atlanta's couple crappy picks and the 13th overall guy in a draft and the Raptors are like, God, we got to do better than that. But just yeah. the, the clock is ticking here. And if you're not going to give him a big bag, like you had to, it, it just feels like they already had to make this decision. Like you either were going to move him and accept that you weren't going to get as much back as you thought, or you were going to extend him. And now they're in that same shitty place where a guy mm-hmm. doesn't have a contract and the trade offers are low. And it just, it, yeah, we've seen this play out. Yeah. And, Every time we've seen this movie, it, it ends really poorly and people start going like, how the hell this happened? It's like, yeah, history looks like it's repeating itself a little. So I'm, I'm nervous about it for sure. Well, that's my question. Do you think Masai, like, is it come trade deadline? It, obviously, there's it's so early in the season, it's so hard to be able to tell, you know, what's what it's going to look like come the trade deadline. But he seems to always talk about having, you know, oh, whatever offers we had at the deadline, we'll be able to make in the offseason as well. I mean, like he's going to have to answer some questions come this deadline. I mean, regardless of, you know, if the Raptors are another 500 team or if they're, if they actually have a chance at placing the top six in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they can't let, they can't let Siakam walk for free. Like they, they just can't, they can't have it. So it's, it's going to get resolved one way or another. Either he re-signs a a big contract that they can't really afford. And then all of a sudden the questions, the dominoes start to go to OG. Like that's the thing, man, they've got got Gary Trent, they've got OG, they got Pascal. There's a lot of guys that need big bags of money. And I'm telling you, they they do not have enough for all of these guys. They are not going to go into luxury tax to retain a team like this. It's just, it's, it's not going to happen. So eventually something's got to give. I think Gary Trent is for sure a goner at some point this year. I, I just don't I'm see surprised him. he's back, but yeah. Yeah, well, they, they brought him back because, again, it was just there was there's yeah. no trade to be made for him. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody, like, I think he was very available at last year's deadline, but mm-hmm. the Raptors just said the same thing where they were like, why aren't we running this guy back? They also need shooting, so it, in, mm-hmm. in theory, he should be able to work with this team. But, yeah, no, it, it's – he said it's it's a really good thing that Scotty Barnes has shown up and he's looked this great because it's yes. re, it's it's rejuvenated the fan base to a certain degree of going okay there's something to believe in there's something to hope for here because it was so bleak last year right and and you were staring down a season of just that same mediocrity and yeah and, and painful viewing experiences so Scotty is like he's he's deodorant for all of this where it's just <laughs> okay look at Scotty look at Scotty look at Scotty but as soon as the you know, uh, it, like the second he has a stretch of bad games or the Raptors start to lose some, like they are 500, like they're four yes. and four through the first yes. day. They had this Nothing awesome crazy. game against the Mavs, but they've also laid eggs against like the Portland Trailblazers, who actually uh, better. So that one's not as bad, I think, as, as it got made out to seem at the time. But and I don't game. hold their losses to the 76ers all like, I mean, it's Nick Nurse. He yeah. understands this team. I, you know, that's it's it's going to happen. Sorry, Darko, sure. but I know. I just, I just mean that. It, it's eventually people are going to wonder like what the direction is. And yeah, if, the more you see from Scotty Barnes, the more people are going to start to go, well, how do you build the ideal team around him? Not Siakam. So yeah, I just, I think that they like these issues are still there. Yeah, absolutely. 
One more time, J.D. Bunkus from Sportsnet. Uh, buddy, thank you so much for jumping on the show. Really yeah, do appreciate it. Before before we let you go. Here. You're just are you back there? You're just like dialing everything. You got like a smoke machine or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah. essential oils. Oh, essential oils. Yeah, man. It, 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 it gets me calmed down when we're talking about the Raptors here. Um, but before we let you go, let's get one of your picks for the weekend. We're going to change gears a little bit here, switch it over to the NFL. Um, you, you got one that you're very uh, – you're going to stand pat on this one. It's, it's a, the biggest spread going into this weekend. Yeah. Um, but tell us, why are you going with the Cowboys? I mean, I think we already know why, but right well, you guys have heard the old like gambling adage, take the highest over, take the lowest under, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is just this one to me where that number looks massive, but the Cowboys have blown some teams out this year. Like they oh, have yeah. really laid it to teams and they show the the no let up. And DeVito, who I keep calling Danny DeVito, but he's not. <laughs> what is he? David? Sammy? No, Sammy or DeVito? something? I don't know. I actually – I, I think it's actually the same name as the character from Goodfellas, like no joke, but <laughs> uh, it's just, he's horrific. He's very bad. They're really, really bad. And they are a hundred percent going to fall behind in this game. And one thing I feel like you can be, feel pretty confident in is if the giants fall behind in this game and old DeVito has to throw and Michael Parsons <laughs> gets to run at him all day long, he's going to, get rid of that football a couple of times. And it's not going to go to He's Giants all the time. Yeah. It's going to go to some Cowboys players. I think Dak has looked actually really good. He lately, mm -hmm. he looks dialed in. He had some big mistakes in that last game, but as a, uh, I've always been a Dak hater. And now the Cowboys fans are like, we're over Dak. And I'm immediately like, I don't know guys. Yeah. Years of me shitting on Dak. And now <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Dak gets kind of a bad rap. It's like your move, right? A lot of people shit on Dak. Of, uh, I have too, but not, not always. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's a good spot for a Cowboys team that's proven they can thump teams, that isn't going to let up on the Giants. The Giants are fully going in the tank. They're running this crappy quarterback out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, just, they, they, they look really dysfunctional. I just think that the Cowboys are going to be able to do whatever the hell they want on offense. And as soon as this game starts to be – like this is one of those games where if you take the points – I feel like Dallas is going to score on the opening drive and you're just going to sit there and sweat it out the entire game being like, why did I do this? Why would I put myself through this? So to me, it's just like yeah. lay them, lay the points and, and trust that the Cowboys are going to cover this and that Danny DeVito or whatever his name is, is not going to have the, <laughs> actually, he's not going to have the backdoor cover. He's not going to kill you. Him and Darius Slayton aren't going to come burn you in the second half. I don't think no, so. No, man. I mean, that's poor Saquon. I just, I don't know why they didn't deal him at the, at the deadline. This is just, a, you know, it's it's a it's a very bad mm -hmm. giant squad here. I, I mean, yeah, I, look, the, the the Cowboys absolutely thumped my Rams, and like the Rams are like I know stretch a very good team this year at all, but like if they could do that to the Rams, they could absolutely do this and demolish the New York Giants. Which you know, if yeah, they made Aaron Donald beg to trade for them, that's how bad that they beat your guys. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's, I don't like, want to talk dude, about it. I don't, it's, I don't uh, leave the Rams. I don't care about my legacy here. Just <laughs> get me that. Hell out of here. Good culture um, there in LA. That's a good one. <laughs> please, come get me, please, oh please, please. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I mean, uh, if if you're taking minus seventeen and a half, it almost begs the question if to, if you're going to take the under on that game too, because if the spread is so big, you're just expecting a, a giant blowout. And I don't see the Giants putting any like any anything more than a field goal on the board, uh, if if that against What's against the, the Cowboys. So um, whatever. The under would be which I was gonna say is I feel like it's probably like 38 and a half. So, 
Yeah. I mean, I, I could, I could definitely see this being a thirty-eight nothing game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll probably just play the spread. I don't, yeah. I'll, I'll just because I just want to. In a game like that, I'm just gonna be rooting for Cowboys points. I'm just gonna be like, put up touchdowns, give CD yeah. his numbers, try to pile up the points, try to pile up the stats, and then just let the defense do work. And then, yeah, watch Devito get annihilated. <laughs> <laughs> good on you, if you have like i don't know right like last week against the vikings i was scared to bet the falcons because i was like i don't know was it this bryce hall guy i went i don't i've never never seen him before they drafted him he's been with the team the entire season like this is the practice squad quarterback he's not tyrod he's not their backup he's their third string guy yeah I, I don't know where the hell he went to school i don't know anything about him all i've seen is that when he steps into football games when you, you ever do the game good. with your buddies where you're like hey could you complete a pass <laughs> or like could you run two yards <laughs> Yeah, like that's what the yeah. video looks like with the Giants. So, it's it's a scary. Re- replacement quarterback. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like he's Keanu I mean, Reeves. I don't even know if he had a stint in the XFL. So no, I mean, like it's it's yeah. looking it's looking pretty pretty I'm spooky. I'm sorry, Devito. I'm sorry, buddy. Like you're, you're a common man. You're a common man. So I should have your back. But I just I'm gonna make money off you, dude. I gotta get mine. <laughs> One more time, JD Bunkus, my man. Thank you so much for jumping on the show. We really do appreciate it, and uh, hope to have you back on again soon. Yeah, absolutely. There we have it one more time. That was J.D. Bunkus from Sportsnet. And uh, check out his own show, J.D. Bunk- uh, JD Bunkus Podcast as well. Uh, always, always a fucking beauty to have on the show. It's uh, it's it's uh, great to have him on. He's a legend. Um, yeah. Leggy. Um, moving right along, uh, we stopped talking about the picks uh, right at the end over there. So uh, we're going to pick things right back up with our uh, ding, 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 DB2Bets brought to you by Bodog. Visit the link in the comments, in the bio, uh, scan that QR code and uh, create your free account today. And we give a 100% sign up bonus uh, when you do create your account. So you throw in 20 bucks, we give you another 20 bucks. That's how it works. Uh, We're going to kick things off. Uh, again, just highlighting what uh, JD's pick was going with the Cowboys minus 17 and a half. That was a pick that you were actually considering as well, Georgie boy. Um, it, it's, it's an easy pick. We've already discussed it. But um, the one this is the one that you were bouncing back and forth between. But you ended up going with the Arizona Cardinals money line plus 105. Um, talk to me. Talk to me, gorgeous George. Man, Why I'm going to ride. This? I'm riding that like that Murray hype. I just I, I look at Atlanta and I'm like, are they really actually that good? Four and five, Kyle Murray coming back. I think it could really inject some some life into that dressing room. I could be completely wrong. It could be one of those like shoot for the moon kind of bets, which I did initially feel like. But well, I, I want some I more discernment. I don't want this to like I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm confident. I, I love it. If I was. <laughs> There we go. That's what I'm looking for. There it is. You're on that team and you got your star quarterback coming back. Like that is going to ignite some energy into your legs. And I have a very good feeling that they're going to be be the upset pick of the week. I really do. So, Man, I mean, it's not even an upset. The Falcons are trash yeah. too, and that's why it's pretty even. It's kind of a pick when yeah. it comes to this. And you know what? Fuck the Cardinals, though. I mean, they had something. No, 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 no. Just as an organization. Like, poor Joshua Dobbs. All right? Like, look, they get like – they had him as their quarterback. It's like, hey, I guess you may be the quarterback for the season. We don't know. We'll see when Kyler Murray comes back. Uh, they didn't even have his name available in the jersey store. He's like, I'm your fucking starting quarterback. And they can't even go into the Cardinals team store and buy my own jersey. That's it's so like they, they they treated him like shit. And yeah. then like, and then just as soon as Kyler Murray's about to come back, they fucking deal him. 
they, they send him over to Minnesota. And then he goes and has the game of his life with a squad that just lost their franchise quarterback to a season-ending injury and Kirk Cousins. And you know what? He went there. Now fucking Minnesota Vikings fans are shaving their eyebrows because they're on Team Dobbs. Like, it's fucking <laughs> incredible. I'm all about Josh Dobbs. Fuck the Cardinals. But but when it comes to this game, I, like, I'm a little apprehensive. I don't know. The, the, it looks like the Falcons might have a little rejuvenation when it comes to this. They 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 definitely they look good with Taylor Heineke. They look good with Taylor Heineke. Um, he's now stepping in as their quarterback. It looks like they're done with Ritter. Um, it, it, that's the only thing they they got some pieces. It's just their their coach is just so fucking stupid. Arthur Smith, like I don't understand him. Like he's just he does not know. He just doesn't use B. John Robinson anymore. He doesn't use Kyle Pitts. Like, I just don't understand some of the play calls that he has. So you might be right on this one. And, you know, there, I definitely do like McBride, who stepped in for uh, um, in the tight end position as well. I mean, you got Hollywood Brown, uh, Kyler Murray. Like, there, there are some good pieces there on offense, yeah. defense. And, I mean, hey. Joey's out on that. So, And this adds a little excitement to a quote-unquote shit-ass <laughs> matchup. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. This is get this some is, money on it. This, this is the only good. reason you guys are going to be watching it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I'm not going to be watching it. I mean, I'm <laughs> definitely going to be watching the game that I have my pick for, uh, which is actually the. Um, oh, let's switch it over here. I'm going to go with the Lions. They're playing at the same time as the Cardinals and Falcons. So yeah, I'll probably watch the Detroit Lions as they go into uh, LA to face the Chargers, and they're favored minus three uh, at or uh, favored on the spread at uh, three points, uh, and odds are minus one ten. Available on Bodog. Look, this is. I, it's a favorable matchup on the road going into LA. Um, the Detroit Lions are all coming off a bye week, so they're well rested. Uh, you may get David Montgomery back in as well. Um, there's a lot that's trending in the right direction for the Lions and not as much for the Chargers. You are playing with an injured uh, Justin Herbert, right? Even though his middle finger um, it was broken, but it was not on his throwing hand, it still plays a factor into his play. Like you're constantly thinking about it, worrying that you don't fall on it. It's just it's, it's constantly lingering there. I don't uh, necessarily. I didn't think they actually played a very good offensive game against the Jets. I think the Jets actually had their number on that Monday night game. Uh, it's just they could, Zach Wilson just can't produce offense. Like it's just it was just a very brutal yeah. game to watch. Um, but with that being said, they played the Monday night in New York, and then they're all, all of a sudden traveling back all the way back to L.A. now as well. So there is the time change. You're playing on a shorter week, and then also you're down two of your top receivers. So, I mean, you got Keenan Allen, uh, Quentin Johnson. I'm not sure if he's going to be the answer. He's, they're going to have to start passing to him sooner or later, or maybe they just don't. Austin Eckler hasn't been the greatest since coming back from his injury either. There's just a lot of question marks when it comes to this Chargers team. And, you know, the Detroit Lions, on the other hand, are are playing, like, incredible football. They're, you know, minus that, that loss to uh, the Ravens where they actually got shit pumped. Um, they, they've been looking real strong, uh, both on offense and defense. Everything is humming. Um, I kind of like where they're standing at right now. I don't think that they should change anything. Um, so, I mean, I, I definitely like them going into SoFi and uh, handing an L over to uh, the Chargers. I actually think that it's good at like minus three is, I think, a great uh, a great spread. I think they're going to dummy that. This I think they're going to this is a great pick. I I love this Detroit Lions team, and I'm I'm yeah. not a fan by any means. And oh, buddy, I just bought an Amon Ross St. Brown jersey. I'm fucking ready to go, man. Yeah. I am. I'm all about the Lions. I'm all about yeah. restoring the roar this season. Oh, I fucking love it. It's, it's great. Huge. And you got like I I am a little biased with my fantasy. I have Gibbs and Laporta, and they're 
pretty sexy. Laporta, man. The backfield with between their tight ends and their running backs, when you get Montgomery back, that team is filthy. It's crazy. I mean, like, they know what they're doing because, like, you you look at them, get rid of Hawkinson, right? They they get rid of TJ Hawkinson, and then, boom, they got Sammy Laporta. They they let DeAndre Swift go, boom, and Jamal Williams, and then now you got David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. I mean, like, it's – they they they're very confident in the moves that they nice. had, and it's been working out pretty well. And I mean, yeah. like, yeah, I'm I'm all behind Dan Gable. I'm behind this pick minus three, lock it in. Um, and the odds are minus one ten. Bodog uh, is the one uh, that has those odds as well. So make sure that you go and uh, create that account, get that sweet sweet sign up bonus. And birdie, we're gonna switch things up. We're gonna we're gonna hit the the hardwood here and uh, tell us about the Ooh. Thunder Moneyline plus 120. I like this game. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, it's a fun one. It's a real fun yeah. one. Uh, yeah. Talk to me. OKC is that, uh, that up-and-coming team to watch, like the the team that you tune in on a on a Tuesday night to catch. You know, they're, they're the yeah. exciting young squad. And, um, yeah, I just – I like I like this game. I like the return on this. Um, OKC has been rolling. Uh, ever since SGA came back from that um, that knee sprain, and uh, man, they're just they're firing on all cylinders. And oh yeah, you look at Sacramento and how, what they did last year. Like it was a great story, but I do think they overachieved a little bit. And mm-hmm. you're kind of seeing that a little bit this year. It's just not translating quite the same. And the rest of the Throwing. league has kind of figured out how to play them a little bit. And they yeah, don't exactly. really see that much of uh, much growth coming from DeMontis Sabonis as well. Mind you, mm. he's, been, they have, but he's been great. He hasn't really unlocked that level that I think people expect of him. Like, cause he, he got sheltered a little bit in Indiana and mm-hmm. you know, you, you assume with this, the, the trade to Sacramento that it's like, okay, now, now he's got that, that role where he can be the guy and it's just like his numbers are kind of the same as they were in Indiana. I don't like, I don't know if it's just, he's still getting adjusted. You'd think by now, like, you know, he would figure things out, but um, yeah. Also throw in the fact that uh, De'Aaron Fox is a game time decision. So yeah, uh, if he misses the game, I'm feeling pretty good about this pick. I mean, it, the, from what I saw, he was listed as out, so that's why I, okay. I feel okay. I feel that um, just looking at this here, uh, yeah. Oh no, he's changed over to game time decision actually. So okay. yeah, I mean, at, 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 in the same breath, I feel that you know, De'Aaron Fox coming back after missing a few games, it'll take a little bit of time for that to be adjusted as well and to get yeah, just exactly the flow of things. Um, yeah. It shouldn't be that it shouldn't take too long, but. Maybe a game for the Thunder to be able to pick up on the road. Uh, plus 120. It's kind of a pick at this point, but um, Bodog has him at plus 120. I like it. I mean, there's no point in even taking the spread on that. This is a fun game. And, yeah, I mean, dude, let's just talk about Chet Holmgren for a quick minute oh, here. Man. I mean, he's – It's going to be a tight race between him and Wemby. Like, it's, yeah. this shit's exciting, man. Yeah, and I think it's even more impressive the fact that he hasn't played basketball in a year. Like, yeah, man, you know, he, he's been he's, playing, he's <laughs> like, looking great. And yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I kind of thrown to the wolves a little bit and he's, he's getting better game to game. Like you can see it, you know, 
It really is. And it's just like, it's just a matchup nightmare. Like, how do you plan for him if you haven't faced him yet? I mean, it's to, between that and, you know, Giddy's taking a little bit of a backseat for the first little bit. And I, I feel like he'll be accustomed a little bit more. But between him and and uh, Williams and then obviously Shea, uh, it's, it's, it's a very exciting squad, man. Even like, yeah. man, you got Lou Dork too. And like, oh, it's he's just a dog. There's a <laughs> bunch of dogs on that team. Yeah. <laughs> our friend Pat Beverly likes to say. <laughs> <laughs> bunch of dogs, just like Bodog. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Birds pick Thunder Money Line plus 120. Nice. And uh, yeah, I love, I, I love all these picks. Make sure you go create your Bodog account and uh, and place them. Slap a, slap a 20 on them and uh, maybe put them together in a little fruit and yogurt part. Uh, but that about does it for this episode. Uh, one more time, JD Bunkus, and that was George Lambracos as well. We got Birdman up in the corner. You got your boy Jish. Um, see you guys. See you guys next week. We're going to be doing our Great Cup coverage on Thursday, bringing in Griff from YWC Football Talk as well. Um, and we're going to be doing all our Great Cup coverage before we head down to the Hammer to cover Whee! the Great Cup. Uh, but for one more time, DB2 crew, peace. Peace. everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests the blue hotel hotline and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel Begins Friday, September 23rd. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.